If I could describe to get my life tour in one word, it would be vulnerability. Showing up for yourself is so important. Welcome to the Get My Life Tour. I'm your host, Lydia T. Blanco. Today's episode is all about taking that deep breath you've been too busy to take. I always say that there is no healing in holding it in, but those were manifested for me when I took so many appointments. I had a chiropractic appointment, an appointment with a physician, and an appointment with a physical therapist, and they all told me one thing, and that was to breathe. That was in 2017, and today... I am sitting across from the incomparable Jasmine Marie, who is the founder of Black Girls Breathing. Yay! Hi! (laughs) She is taking the stage today. Jasmine Marie is an intuitive breathwork healer and mindfulness practitioner who has had a past life as a brand marketer, company dancer, yes, (laughs) and two-time entrepreneur. It excites her to bring all of these experiences together with Black Girls Breathing as they navigate, or I say as we navigate, the ebbs and flows of our unique journey. She is also the founder of Adulting with Ease, and we all know that the Give My My Life Tour is a part about adulting as well. So let me tell you more about Black Girls Breathing. It was created with the intention to provide a safe space for Black women to unfold and pour into themselves as one cannot heal where they are not seen. I love that. Fostering a community of like-minded and like-spirited Black sisterhood committed to their healing and an expansion as a necessary act of resistance in today's world through meditational breath work. She's sitting right here across Yay. from me. We just breathed. Oh my goodness, we had a heavy conversation. Yes, we did. Jasmine, take the stage. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm well. I'm as well as can be. That's and awesome. sometimes we we take up space in the present moment and I'm as well as can be right now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I am so excited to finally be sitting across from her. Let me tell you, I met Jasmine Marie and I have to say her full name, Jasmine Marie, yes. three years ago yeah. while I was attending Columbia. Shout out to the J School and all the money they took from me. Uh, but I'm using it. We're clearly having this conversation yes. as a result of it. But I met this woman because we decided to bring her in through the NABJ chapter. And you spoke about adulting with ease. We were all anxious about finishing our master's projects mm-hmm. and every other class we had to, you know, get through. But you were there and you were so present. Yeah. What was it like just having all these black kids reach out to yeah. you? Yeah. Know, that was a beautiful experience. So at the time, I had the intention of doing a university tour. I had done the corporate job in New York, I felt like in a sense it could be seen as success and that I could afford to live on my own. I, you know, was 22 and able to have certain projects and work at a global CPG company 
doing digital marketing and managing a brand for a hair care product. And, um, you know, the money was good (laughs) coming out of school. And I knew though, just being present and just observing, um, we actually got a new director and it was a black woman. And I asked myself, you know, is this where you want to be? Uh, I had always said I wanted to be a director in five years. Like that was my plan. (laughs) Very ambitious. And I looked at her life and I said, that's not what I want to do or be. And so it was like, if I don't leave now, then the money's going to be too good and I won't want to leave. So I left and then I went on this journey. I came back home to Atlanta. That's where I'm from. That's where we are. That's where we are right now. (laughs) And I thought I was interviewing at Coke and other companies thinking I would do the same kind of work and in that kind of unknown phase. Cause we talk a lot about making the leap and doing things that we love, but there's this in-between space. I feel like a lot of people can, you know, um, testify to and how you make that jump. And then there's this uncertainty you need to walk. And before there's the clarity that shows up again. Right. <clears throat> so, Uh, I thought it was going to work again. Like there was that fear. So I was like, okay, let me just do what I know. And I had a really great friend who asked me, you know, you know, you don't want to do this. Right. And I said, you're, you're right. I don't. So I ended up getting uh, a 30 day freelance contract back in New York to work with this nonprofit. It's a well-known nonprofit. And they had, you know, a couple of viral campaigns and they were going on tour they were going on tour. And so I helped them with the marketing and planning of that. Came back to Atlanta for a month and then for a personal situation, ended up moving to Tennessee. And that's why I started my marketing firm. And that was uh, through that journey. I just remember thinking there's so many people like me, you know, recent grads who were taught that success looked a certain way. So I created From Passion to Paycheck, which was a curriculum, um, mostly like design thinking activities to get students to to tap into what are they passionate about and how can they turn that into something that they love and get paid from after school. And, and I could attest to that after I launched my marketing firm and had seen great success within the first year. I was on the 20 under 40 list in the town. (laughs) And then, you know, just, I mean, again, that uncertainty, it was there for a month before I booked the biggest VC firm in the city and my business grew from word of mouth since. Uh, And so with that, I was just like, how can I take what I've learned and, and my success and say, and teach it back some of the things that were more intuitive to me. And that's how I ended up at Columbia amongst other schools. Uh, and it was it, looking back, I, I see a common thread, though the schools I went to were high suicide rate schools. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Cornell, Columbia, UCLA, NYU. If you look at the stats, those schools have high rates of suicide, student oh, suicide. Yeah. And that has a lot to do with the external pressures of, you know, especially if you're coming from a background where your parents may have not seen certain success and there's this pressure on you to perform, how is that impacting your mental health? Mm -hmm. So that's what brought me to Columbia to answer your question. No, but what brought you to this work, this breath work? Yeah. Especially as it relates to black women. Yeah. I found breath work interesting 
Oddly enough, when I was still working at Unilever and my church at the time, First Corinthian Baptist Church, shout out to Pastor Mike, I'm still a member. <laughs> he they created the Dream Center and they began off began offering free breathwork classes. And the teacher was Pastor Mike's personal breathworker. That's how I got introduced to breathwork. And I used to go and take it and I, I leaned on it heavily during a very transitional and rough time in my life. And I had been practicing it for, you know, it had been a tool that I'd reach back into my back pocket and use and just was inspired. I mean, I literally woke up one day um, last year and it's just like, I need to get my certification with training. I need to teach this. I just felt it in my spirit. What was that process like getting your certification? And tell me more about that industry because, you know, we think of meditational practices like yoga, mm-hmm. even it's like infused with, you know, fitness, mm-hmm. but we also don't often see ourselves in those spaces. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, uh, a frictional point. I think I just made up a word, I'm here for. <laughs> uh, a, a place of where there was a little bit of resistance on my end to that point and the fact that I know my heritage and I'm an eighth native and this particular breathwork practice that I had, you know, when I reached out to the community looking for training, um, the guy who teaches it and who ended up teaching one of my other teachers who is a, a white woman, he got permission from a native tribe. And so for me, I felt resistance and it's like, why do I have to go and learn this from a native person? I mean, from a white man who, you know, got this information from my ancestry, but because the nature and, you know, the the violence in just looking at my ancestral roots, like there's so much disconnection. We, I wouldn't know where to go to know, exactly. you know, where like my grandmother, my great grandmother who was native died when my grandmother was in the fifth grade. And so they moved, they were in Mississippi, they ended up moving to Michigan and uh, just, I mean, there's, there's not a lot of knowledge about what they mm-hmm. know. And so none, a lot of things weren't passed down to us. And I don't know the heritage of my great grandfather. Um, I'm assuming he was a black man, um, but we don't know. So um, that being said, I ended up going through with the certification anyways and taking the classes and went in knowing that I would make this my own. And I had been, you know, praying that I would receive guidance from my ancestors, that they would help me with this work and show up and show me things uh, while I was getting certified. And that indeed happened. And just looking at how, you know, this is, I would say in LA and New York, it's more well-known, this practice of breath work, but it is, it's not accessible in the sense of, you know, how many people can afford $250 sessions, one-on-one sessions every week or every month. Uh, And so my inspiration to one, bring this healing tool back to my black woman specifically And how breath work, I mean, it's powerful. You're literally reframing your nervous system and it's triggers. Because if you talk to any therapist, and we have therapists who join our groups, trauma lives in your body. So we can reflect and do mental, you know, traditional talk therapy, but to really do that deep inner work, you have to get in your body. And I mean, if you think about a time, if you can 
your memory can trigger that response in your body. You know, something that happened to you and you feel your stomach starts to get queasy or your hands are sweaty and and you thinking about that memory, those are the energetic memories of that being housed in your body. It's so interesting that you say that, you know, a big part of the Get My Life Tour came out of me being in a work environment that was extremely toxic. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it was microaggressions mm-hmm. and nonverbal mm-hmm. um, things that would happen. And it played a big role in me needing to go to the chiropractor, mm-hmm. the physical therapist and the therapist. Um, and like I said, they all told me to breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, but they all told me, okay, you know, you have to leave that environment because the way that that stress yeah. is forming in your body, it is like eating you. Yeah. Um, so when they said breathe and like sit up straight and mm-hmm. do these things, mm-hmm. and when I thought about my nervous system, yeah. those things, you know, so many people aren't having those conversations, yeah. especially with black women. Yeah. No one tells black women to breathe. It's yeah. so interesting. Like you can think about going to any setting and seeing maybe a white mom mm-hmm. with her child, breathe, mm-hmm. breathe. Mm-hmm. But no one is telling black mm-hmm. girls, black women, mm-hmm. black men, mm-hmm. black people mm-hmm. to breathe. Yeah. You heard Eric Garner say, I can't breathe. Yeah. But no one is telling us to breathe. Yeah. Um, and it just makes me so excited about the work that you're doing. Yeah. Tell me more about um, your sessions with women yeah. in the community that you built. Yeah, it literally feels like church. Like new redefining what community and sacred space to heal feels like. And the women we attract, I mean, it's just beautiful. I know session is the same. Um, And having done this work, you know, for me, and I share, have shared this with other, some peers that I can trust how heavy holding space for Black women is compared to when I do a session that's an all white group, to be blatantly honest. I mean, we just hold so much in our bodies and we haven't, like you said, to your point, given space to breathe or relax or not try to be everything to everyone and taking care of ourselves. We're just trooping through and we there's this myth that we don't have time. I don't have time to take a break. I have to do this. I have to do that. And so making space in this way, you know, I couple it with, uh, with, I would say traditional mental reflection. And that is to elicit an understanding and a relationship with your body where you can feel like, where is that trauma in your body? And then we take those notes and then we breathe into that space. If anything, I want black women to leave, you know, after practicing and coming to our black girls breathing sessions every month, I want them to leave having a better relationship with their body and being able to know when something's out that can, that will go so much farther than just, you know, like, this sequence of breath work, being able to know you in in a great way and um, to have that knowledge as a tool and no matter what situation you go into, professional, personal, does it feel right in your body? Okay, that's a a telltale sign. I can trust myself in that. That's a really good question. Does that feel good in my body? Mm -hmm. There's so many things that we put in our bodies and so much that we carry, but the act of breathing is so spiritual, mm-hmm. so healing, mm-hmm. it's so natural. Mm-hmm. It is for you to do. Yeah, you know, who are the women mm. that come 
to your groups? Like, what are their profiles? Ooh. Oh my God. That's what I love about our space is I've been very intentional. And, and for me, there is a frustration in how I would see like wellness, but for black elite, you know, black bougie, you know, that kind of profile where it's like, why isn't, you know, there's space being made for come as you are. I don't care if you know what pranayama is. I'm not even going to speak in that way because I don't care about that. Do you know an inhale and an exhale? All right, we'll work with that. I want you to feel comfortable. This is not a space to judge. So because I've made that intention, I've attracted women in their 60s, you know, like, and and women who are in their 20s and in college and figuring it out and, you know, learning to have and. Honestly, even the women in their 60s are learning to have a practice of taking care of themselves and pouring into themselves. And that's just something I feel like as Black women we're working on no matter the generation because we've never been taught. So uh, professionals, entrepreneurs, creatives, I mean, it's so beautiful when I get to sit and see what a session has attracted and be like, wow, look at this group of black women. We're all making space for each other to heal and feel comfortable sharing. And that means the world to me. So it's a mix and it turns out being like such a beautiful synergy, you know, Mm -hmm. energy wise, whenever, whenever we breathe together. Right. So I started this conversation in all the doctor's offices and it led, you know, well, I went back to our time at Columbia, Mm -hmm. but where has this work taken you? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm excited of where we're going. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know. Give us the What's the next stop on the tour? Okay. So we, right now, Black Girls Breathing has meetups in nine different cities where Black women reside and live. And we have a virtual breathwork circle, which I'm so excited about scaling and expanding uh, to Black women, no matter where where you are. It's every third Sunday. We're going to have a tour this spring and summer to our meetup cities. And we just got a grant for $10,000. I know. You know, I was waiting for you to say it. <laughs> we just got to grant that. That's just the beginning, though, because everything has been. And that's what I love about the fact that seeing all of my background pieced together and, and into this venture. It's, you know, I'm a businesswoman. You know, that's I'm a businesswoman, and so being able to to make the case about Black women's health and how it's important to our communities and the health of our communities in order to receive funding, to me, is just like goal, you know, because so often we don't see Black women getting the money that they need and there may be that missing link as far as why should a non-Black person care. And being able to make that case with this first seed of money is just like it's only up for here and like we're we're gonna do it. We're gonna scale it. I, we've got some exciting things and plans coming out this year. And you know, the goal is to be able to have uh, uh, monthly meetups in all of our cities every month, and just be able to like this is this is known. Black girls breathing. Give us the cities. Okay. L.A., Dallas, Houston, New York, Chicago, D.C., Detroit, Boston, and hometown of Atlanta. I think I named nine. (laughs) I hope I didn't miss any. So we got to get the 10th and the 11th. We need San Francisco and Oakland. Yeah, okay. So we need need Oakland to show up. Okay. I created an Oakland meetup, but y'all was struggling. (laughs) I was like, ooh. 
Okay. 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 So maybe the fish. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. You know, so I, I'm excited about your ten. You know, your your money because um, not because I'm in your pocket. Um, I'm not going to ask you for a dollar. Don't worry. But I'm really excited because. There's so much trauma that we experience mm-hmm. as black women. Mm-hmm. You know, we are protectors. We are providers. Mm-hmm. We are gatekeepers and matriarchs mm-hmm. and everything in between. Um, and our trauma is often overlooked. Mm-hmm. We were having a conversation offline about this national moment of mourning mm-hmm. um, that our community is experiencing. So for you to be able to do this work all over the country. Mm-hmm for people to see your work as necessary mm-hmm. and for black women to be able to experience the healing that comes with being alive. Mm-hmm. Like I'm so excited that this is not a GoFundMe for someone whose life was stolen mm-hmm. or who mm-hmm. is in need and doesn't have the financial means mm. to bail themselves out. Mm-hmm. You have the money right now to do the work. And mm-hmm. that is so beautiful. It's such yeah, a blessing. It is. And we will be seeking more. Because hey, <laughs> we need way to grow this company and yeah, hire and I two percent. Yes. Yes. Receive funding and you know and not being I, I feel like you know, there's resistance when I look at, and so not only is there innovation as far as the work we're doing to heal black women, but I definitely want to be, and I feel like I am, you know, making a path as far as black women healers receiving work for their emotional, receiving money and resources for their emotional labor. There is such a, I would say, generational curse on thinking that Black women should be making space for others healing for free. And it's something, yeah. And that's, you know, we don't live in just a spiritual world. We live in a physical world as well. So not being afraid to align yourself to the proper power, proper or, you know, parties and, and the ones that have your best interest at heart, you know, there is a, dis, a, you know, discernment in that way, but not being afraid to say, we need the resources to grow this. Exactly. We deserve this. Here's our case. And I just, I want us to tap out of that. And, and we, March's uh, breathwork circle was on healing our relationship with money. We talked a lot about yeah. that. And why I will never, you know, do a black girl's breathing session for free in the sense that, and if it's heavily discounted, there's going to be so much um, education around why, hey, look, we were able to get a, a sponsor because what I don't want to do in this work is to create a bunch of black women practitioners who are competing against, you know, a, a monolith or a big entity that, that I want black girls breathing to grow to and plan to mm-hmm. um, and say, well, someone be like, well, they don't charge and you're charging. No, that's because there's structures in place for things to they, be of discount. And, you know, there's and, no such thing. As yeah, there's no such thing. <laughs> And, you know, I've been, you know, talking to different black owned uh, women businesses and and encouraging them to stop doing free things because free is a strategy. And if you look at who's free is a strategy. (laughs) And if you look at who's employing that strategy and people like, oh, this company's doing events. Let me tell you something. It's not, they're just not doing it just because. So they have a plan in place to make a return on that free investment that they can wait on. They can wait a couple years to do activations and free things for that person to then 
then think of the brand and eventually buy. You as a small business cannot. You don't have that long lead time. It's okay to say, these are my prices and to expect and know that your community can support you. I think there this whole notion of like, I've got to do it free for my community. No, believe in your community. You are dropping major gems. If you all could see my face right now, I'm trying not to lunge over the little space that we have in between us so that she can continue this conversation because it's so important. You all are getting breathwork gems. You're also getting financial literacy gems. Hey. And I'm here for it because people don't know what breathwork is. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're going to be educating people on what that is. Mm -hmm. Also, people have this idea of healing being something that can't be monetized Mm -hmm. or shouldn't Mm -hmm. be monetized. Mm -hmm. But we pay for so So much. We pay to be traumatized. Mm -hmm. Like, And then Mm -hmm. we go out and we pay other people Mm -hmm. to help fix us. Mm -hmm. And we have people like you who exist and are doing the work. Mm-hmm. And I think that it is so key that you say you are not going to do this for free. Oh, there are ways not. that we have to invest in yeah. ourselves. Yeah. And that's something that I have really um, heated to on my own, get mm-hmm. my life toward. Mm-hmm. You know, there are ways that you have to invest in yourself that others will never mm-hmm. put a dollar up. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you can't fundraise mm-hmm. for someone to invest mm-hmm. in yourself. You got to fundraise for yourself. Yeah. And what it took to get that money, I mean, I'm showing proof of, you know, I've went to after my second second company, and that's a lesson in and of itself, having had a very successful marketing firm and then launching a second company that was geared towards Fortune Fives and not understanding the long sales leads time. So it can take two to three years before a company signs off and you get a check right? Do you have the capital to sustain yourself? I did not. So I ended up having debt from that second business and taking the leap of faith to say, okay, I'm going to do it, start again. And, you know, I worked at a startup firm, startup company here in Atlanta for around five months. And that was a lesson in and of itself about being promised a salary and getting paid half. Hello. You know, you know, if you're not at these big tech companies, a lot of them treating black women and, and, you know, minorities, not fair. And there's no HR to go to, you know, when you get into these smaller tech companies and having, I was saving aggressively to pay off the debt for my second business. I ended up using that money to launch Black Girls Breathing, but showing how that I invested in this venture myself with the limited resources and what I've been able to do thus far is testament to someone else saying, okay, I believe in you. Let me give you this money. So, you know, there's always going to be that risk and leap of faith required that we can't be afraid to take at those pivotal moments, right? I was turning down marketing contracts when I didn't have any, you know, money, barely any money coming in, you know, like we, our virtual sessions, I mean, there's, it's $20 to attend per person, but we're, we were at like 20 people, you know, I have bills. So I'm dipping into that fund and then pouring the money. I'm getting black back from black girls breathing right back into black girls breathing and, you know, making those decisions like, all right, I'm going to bet on myself when it's not easy and saying, okay, you know, instead of taking a, a client and doing for them what I could do for myself, I'm going to bet on myself. That part. Yeah. That part. I was speaking with um, someone for an interview and she spoke about currencies and Carla Harris speaks about currencies. Mm-hmm. Well. She's an extraordinary business mm-hmm. mind mm-hmm. and leader and black woman um, who 
is at the top in bringing women with her. Mm-hmm. And she she often writes about currencies. And when I'm listening to you and I was saying, you know, fundraising for yourself, I was, you know, speaking about those currencies. Mm-hmm. Like faith is one of those, mm-hmm. which sounds mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. something that you are heavily invested in, mm-hmm. believing mm-hmm. in yourself mm-hmm. um, as a daughter of the most high, mm-hmm. um, you know, and being so deeply rooted in your community is a currency. Mm-hmm. Um, what other things can you think of that hold a lot of value in your life that you would say are, are currencies for you? Ooh, wow, that's a beautiful question. I would say, wow, what are my currencies? Yeah, faith. So faith, trusting in myself. Ooh, doing things while I'm scared. Mm-hmm. I mean, now that we've got this money and making plans, I had a couple of meetings yesterday as far as investing in someone within my community to help scale this mm-hmm. and not being afraid to say, I, you know, I know that you know your stuff. You can help us get to that level. Let me put a monetary of amount to that and not leech from you and one ask for services for free and being like, this has never been done. We're doing a couple of things that's never been done. And that's scary in the sense that, okay, like there are, there are proven, you know, funnel ads and marketing techniques. And I'm saying, no, we're going to do it this way. Mm -hmm. No, we're not going to do anything for free. I really believe in the value for this. And I I want my community to rise to the occasion. So how do we build a marketing plan and strategy behind that and saying, all right, we're going to do it. Like we're doing something that I haven't seen done, but we're going to do it. And I'm going to do it even though I'm like, what in the world am I doing? But um, walking while I'm afraid. And then I would say just vulnerability and complete transparency. You know, I always tell people like, do not fake it till you make it. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Because while you're faking it, you're missing out on people who genuinely want to help you. You know, how many times I've been like, I don't know how to do this. Just we're, we're sitting in a black woman's co-working space. Shout out to Monday and Co. Shout out to Monday and Co. and Can- Candace Van Way. And how many times have I sat across from her and said, like, here's what I'm struggling with. I, you know, and be- being able to receive her knowledge and wisdom and feedback in that honesty. But if you're acting like your business is booming and this isn't that, when opportunities come, you, people might be oh. like, oh, she's fine. She's probably busy. She didn't. No, don't. There's no need. We're all starting from somewhere and not being afraid. Ooh, another currency, not being afraid to start over after failure. Yeah. After quotation marks around failure, it's all lessons, right? But Mm -hmm. after that, not being afraid to, well, being afraid and still moving forward with starting anew. I, you know, I just have to take a deep breath because that is all such rich information. Mm. It really is. And it's, it's not to be taken lightly. Mm. You know, we think that we have to arrive Mm -hmm. and that we have Mm -hmm. to, you know, make things look a certain way Mm -hmm. or, you know, as in my mentor always tells me, you know, perfection is the enemy of greatness. Mm -hmm. Um, Be perfect. Mm -hmm. And that's the complete opposite of what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think what you just shared is information that helps us sit up straight, Mm -hmm. check our posture. Mm -hmm. And to take a deep breath, mm-hmm. like you make me want to take a deep breath mm-hmm. because you remind everything inside of me 
that I'm alive. Mm -hmm. And as long as I'm alive, like there's more time to breathe and get Mm -hmm. things done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're incredibly dope. Thank you, Lydia. You're welcome. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So I have to ask, I have this, you know, this mic drop segment. So given who you are and, you know, the work that you're doing, and you've already shared the next step on your tour mm-hmm. with this, with this <clears throat> seed money and the investment that you're going to be making. What has been a mic drop moment for you? Ooh, a mic drop moment. Yeah, mic drop. Ooh, ooh. I, I'm like, who's going to be listening to this? Um. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, a mic drop moment. You know, my mic drop moment is the fact that I've been very unapologetic about saying this is for black women. Mm. I'm not saying women of color. This is for black women. And being clear on that. And if you look in wellness, and I think it's in order to make their community seem more palpable to get, you know, corporate sponsorships. Um, People say women of color, but it's black women who are attending. Yeah. And in the in the nature of creating a space for black women to be seen, I don't feel like I see you if I'm saying woman of color, but it's black women who are the one attending. And so being bold enough to say this is black girls breathing is for black women. And I'm sticking to that and standing true to that and and being able to get that money and, and, and hearing people being like, oh, I don't know, you're, you're, gonna, you're not going to be able to, you know, get in corporate sponsorships or this, this and that because, you know, what about everybody? And I'm saying, no, black women, you know, I'm not doing the woman of color thing. We have a very specific experience as black women that doesn't, you know, it's not like Latinas or, you know, Asian women um, and other women of color. We have a unique experience and I'm speaking to that and, and making space for that. And I'm unapologetic in it and will always will be. And so don't come around here thinking woman of color over here, black girls breathing will always be for black women. And I'm, that's going to be my mic drop for today. <laughs> Heard you. <laughs> so I... I have to be transparent because yes, I'm a media professional. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm a journalist. Yes, this is my podcast. I also to get my life tour. But I took your your workshop. Yes. I, I participated in the workshop and it was incredible. I felt very present. I felt very secure. I felt mm-hmm. received. Mm-hmm. That feels good. I, I felt intentional about the time that I was spending, you know. And it felt good. It felt mm-hmm. right. It was a great um, investment of time, mm-hmm. right? And you challenged me with writing a testimonial, and I want to share it. Yeah. And I want to leave women with this um, as they, you know, decide whether or not they're going to tune in, which yeah. you all are, which you know I'm excited <laughs> about. So I'll just share my experience. Um, And here it is. Breathing is one of the most natural things that we forget to do on a daily basis. So much so that I decided to schedule in breathing into my daily life. Sounds strange, right? But I'm serious. One of the ways that I did so was by being intentional about signing up for Black Girls Breathing. For an hour, I got to exist 
in a calm and relaxing space with Black women who needed to breathe through some of the things together. We breathed, we shared, we laughed. I cried and we experienced our emotions, but most importantly, we did it together. That is what Black Girls Breathing is. It's community. And if you are looking for a safe space to commune with women on a path to healing one breath at a time, you are looking for BGB. Yay. Thank you so How much. How beautiful. Yes. <laughs> that is so beautiful. Right. It makes me feel so warm and full. Thank you. you Thank you for so showing welcome. up. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you for being here. I I really hope that this stop on the tour slows people down mm. as they're listening. You mm-hmm. know, we listen to podcasts and we may be, you know, job searching mm-hmm. or we may be working on an assignment mm-hmm. or on go and like have a spotty connection. So mm-hmm. like, Dad, next time, let me download this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then listen to it. But I really hope that women hearing from you mm. checks something inside yeah. of themselves to be mm-hmm. like, you know what? Let me take a deep breath. Yeah. So um, in honor of the space yeah. that we're occupying right now, yeah. can you lead us? Yeah, okay. In the only free breathing exercise. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, how you, beautiful. Can you outro that way? Let's outro that way. Look, I'm trying to take care of y'all. Okay? okay. Let's outro that way. All right. Please don't be driving while you do this. Okay. I try. <laughs> Yes. Okay. So whether you're sitting down or you found a soft space to land and stretch out, whether that's your bed, you're going to draw attention to the bottom of your seat, your tailbone, your root, knowing that you are grounded, you are needed, you're perfectly fine right where you are. We're going to inhale through our nose and make our exhale out of our mouths, making a sound. So I want you to think about whatever may be lurking in the pit of that area, in your seat, in your stomach, whatever anxious thoughts that have been on your mind, give it a motion. Let's move some of that energy out of our bodies. So go ahead and inhale through our nose. Exhale out of our mouths. Let's do that again. Inhale through our nose. Exhale out of our mouths. And as you notice this free tool that is available to you at any moment in time that you need it to tap into, recall what you can do with the expansiveness of your breath. And I leave you with that. And if you want more, you can always join us. (laughs) Black Girls Breathing. Thank you, Lydia, for having us. Having me. Thank you. Thank you. I am so relaxed. Now, just tell us one more time how we can get connected. Yes, yes, yes. So on Instagram, we are Black Girls Breathing. Black spelled all the way B-L-A-C-K-G-I. R-L-S, breathing, B-R-E-A-T-H-I-N-G. We're there on Instagram, also the same on Facebook. We've got a new website launching soon, but all of the links to our virtual circles are there. If you're in 
any one of our meetup cities, you can search on meetup, um, black girls breathing and will pop up and join. So LA, New York, Chicago, DC, Boston, Houston, Dallas, Atlanta, you can search us and meet up and join us. And I look forward to breathing with you soon, sis. This has been an incredible stop on the Get My Life Tour. Jasmine Marie is doing great things. Thank and you. Great work for Black women all over the world. Let's let's world. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, so London, Toronto. I'm next. I'm putting that in my ding. That's where I want to be. So all over the world. All over the world. All over the world. Over the world. <laughs> the entire point of the Give My Life Tour. Thank you so much. Thank you, Leah, for having me. Thank you for taking me to the stage. Thank you.